dumb old Ford For a new smart car with an extension cord Now he's saving gas and got a cheaper note But he's got no way to haul his boat Oh yeah Good morning It is time to come together again Tom Richardson with the Removing Confusion podcast. That's a little ditty by uh, Brad Paisley called Gone Green, and it's a funny little song that has some relevance today. As many who keep up with the news know, we uh, had a, a recent ice storm here in Ohio right now. My trusty little deal says... Uh, 13 degrees, I think. Yeah, 13. Just a couple hours ago, it was 2, so it's been cold. We've got some snow on the ground. It's February the 17th, uh, a day I thought really had no significance until I looked at the calendar I keep on my door that I had to change from January to February and found out today is Ash Wednesday for those of us who, uh, which I'm not one. I don't participate in Ash Wednesday or Lent or any of that stuff. It's a, again, that's Roman Catholicism at its at its height. But when you watch your uh, programs on the news later today, you'll probably find there will be a lot of their little reporters running around. I used to see them on Fox all the time. Because, you know, five out of six are Catholics, or at least in some form. And they put the little ashy cross. It's kind of freaking weird looking to me. I, I never, I never, I always thought it was strange. I mean, I, you know, and it, oh, it's a cross, Tom. What do you mean it's strange? Well, you know, we don't need to go into all that. I'm not even going to. Uh, politically today, I have to touch on a couple of things that that I think kind of sparked me a little bit as I watched a newscast from yesterday. But first, let's dive into some Bible. One of my go-to verses of the past has always been Ecclesiastes 1.9. And there's a reason for that, because when you start to understand the Bible in in more than just a, a temporal way, in other words, you dig a little deeper and, and find the spiritual aspects that lie there. And there's a lot of people who don't want to do that or don't know how to do it. And it's something you have to acquire through a learning process. Ecclesiastes 1.9 was one that uh, a lot of guys used when they talked about Genesis 6. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Now, if you'll flip probably one page in most Bibles to 315. And also, I'm sorry, I read the wrong one. <laughs> that which has been is now, and that which hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. Read that again. That which hath been is now. And that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. Uh, Ecclesiastes and Proverbs have that tendency to 
roll back on each other within a verse. But basically, what, what Solomon, who is coined as the wisest man who ever lived, uh, because he, he was given a choice. Do you want riches? Do you want wisdom? And he shows wisdom, and God gave him both because of his uh, humility at that point in his life. So he got wisdom, and he became in, in a godly form, the most wisest man, 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 not as in Jesus, who was the God man, but as a naturally born man, uh, Solomon had it. He got all of it. We can aspire towards that. And, and I think that in a godly sense, we need to ask God for more wisdom. I did that a long time ago. You know, I heard this and, and I first got saved and I asked God for wisdom. And I think to a certain degree, I got it. I'm not talking about me, though. It's just that, you know, things open up and I, and I, I still fall into traps along the way that Solomon probably never would have. But, you know, you, you also realize that you can get out of them and God shows you the way out of them. Now, why was I playing at the beginning, Gone Green? Well, we'll get into that in a minute. I want to touch on this, though, first, because I was watching this newscaster, and it was my one of my favorites, Tucker Carlson, this morning. I, I tape him and then watch him the next day, generally. Because, uh, you know, no news is old news, I guess. But anyway, he said something in his newscast. Now, he talked a lot about this you know, for those of you that are listening to me now, today, uh, or tomorrow, even February the 17th, 2021, we had a horrific ice storm that covered 41 states from what we've heard. Texas, who's not really known for their ice storms of that caliber or that coldish weather, at least not in all of Texas, and especially the parts where it hit and knocked out power. Uh, horrible thing, horrible thing. Uh, and in that, you know, it's because they have started to rely more upon power from other sources other than natural sources like natural gas and, and coal and nuclear, whatever, you know, uh, they've, gone towards the wind power and the solar power. And I know people around me that have windmills and they use those as augments to their power source perhaps, or, or solar power. Uh, there's one house I know of that is run completely on wind and solar. Uh, they, they need to be ready and they have batteries that they store the power that these things generate in uh, and then they can use that when there's no wind and no solar. Because, you know, here's the thing. You put those solar panels up on a high-pitched roof, uh, they get covered with snow and ice, and they don't function quite as well as they should. If the windmill gets frozen up, which is what happened in Texas, this ice storm froze the windmills, and therefore they do not function. And then the power goes out, and lots of people died, I guess. I mean, I don't know the numbers, but there's people who have frozen to death in their own homes or, you know, the elderly. I mean, they're depending upon their electricity to come through. Uh, they want you to upstate New York, they were talking about, they want people to start doing away with propane 
you know, they're not in New York City, but, you know, the upstate part where you have a little bit more rural, a little more farm, like where I live. Most of the people I live around, if they don't have a full-on electric, they have propane tanks. And they come fill your propane tank when you call them. Or they may have even fuel oil. Now, a lot of people don't use fuel oil so much. I don't think it is as clean. But, uh, you know, it's still there. But, uh, you know, uh, that's the thing. And they want people to do away with that, go fully electric, go fully on the electric grid for everything. And when you do that, guess what? When these things happen, their huge windmill farms go down and you lose your power. It's a, it's, a, it's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for disaster. And it's shown itself. But they're going to double down. They're not going to turn around and say, oh, no, we, we were wrong. You know, John Kerry will be out of a job. He's the electric czar or whatever. What is he? The, uh, the green czar or some kind of the climate change czar. There it is. Running around on his private jet. But he needs to do that. It's special for him. There's quotes of him saying, a person like me, I need to have my own private jet. I need to get to places so people can hear my story. Look, they got Zoom calls, John. You can use those. Lots of other people are. They don't need to see you face to face, and I don't think most people really want to. I certainly don't. Goodness gracious. But... uh that really doesn't have much to do with my initial hit on <laughs> Ecclesiastes 1.9. I just wanted to cover that. You know, I played that little song, and it's a funny little song talking about, you know, hillbillies going green, and, you know, now he can't haul his boat, and then there's another guy who's got the old solar power, and when the sun's not shining, it's a little bit quieter and a little bit darker down at his house, and it goes on and on. Uh, you know, Brad Paisley's funny. He's, he's a funny guy. He has, he has a talent for writing good, lyrically, you know, in, intelligent, funny songs. You know, West Virginia guy. Or at least he picks the right ones. I don't know. He's good. He, he's good at that. And he seems like a, a, a fairly solid character. But Ecclesiastes 1.9, would we say? The thing which has been shall be again. I'm going to read it again, One nine. All things, I'm sorry, that was eight. The thing that has been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there's no new thing under the sun. He's basically saying that thing which has been will be again. It will happen again because there's no new thing under the sun. Now, in, in that first little segment where we talked about solar power, I, I don't think they use solar power like we do now back in, in Solomon's day or nuclear or oil. I mean, they, they had a different type of oil they used, mostly squashed out of olives, and uh, they didn't pump it out of the ground. Even though, you know, in the Middle East, if you throw a stick, you might, you might get oil gusher. But uh, we have... A lot of, this is a spiritual aspect thing. This is one of those things where we need to sit back and think about the spiritual aspect. Satan doesn't do anything new. He keeps using the same things over and again. And in and, First uh, and John, oh goodness gracious, I should have wrote that down. First John 2, I believe it is. He, he says, 
uh, it gives the, the, the way that Satan attacks us is always the same. The lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the abundant pride of life. It says in one, in, in the King James, it says the pride of life. And it's nothing new. Satan doesn't do anything new. If you look at how he attacked Jesus, he did pretty much the same thing. You know, you can turn this into these stones into bread. You can uh, jump off the, the temple. You can own it all. And uh, who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. And that was a, I just read that. It was there in front of me. Let's look at this, go back to this idea of Ecclesiastes 1, 9 and 3, 15. Uh, the thing that has been will be again, you know. Uh, it, it happens over and over again. And we're going to touch on a new story again at, towards the end here that uh, enlightened me to that. Again, it brought it up to me. But if we go clear back to the beginning, and again, we go back to Genesis 3 quite a bit here lately. I've been doing that. And I do that for a reason. It's because that's where everything for us fell apart. That's where for us everything became what it is that we know now. And it's not good. Everything fell when Adam fell. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't want people to forget everything. Trees, birds, dogs, the earth, the universe, the entire creation of God fell and started to unravel from that time. It's like that sweater when you pick a string and pull it, and the next thing you know, the arm falls off. You know, that's, that's the idea here, is that we have an unraveling universe. It's winding down. It's getting ready to come to a full stop. And these things happen over and over. Now, the fall doesn't happen over and over again. It's an ongoing process. But throughout man's history, man falls for other things over and over again. And usually it's uh, some false religion or some uh, evil empire, some uh, exploded egotistical thought of himself so that we end up with folks like Pharaoh and uh, Artaxerxes, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Now, when you read Daniel, you see where almost it seems as if Nebuchadnezzar is 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 coming to the Lord, but it's an emotional it's an emotional thing. And you know, I did a little Daniel presentation in my church. For a couple of you know, because you, you got to watch with with the Baptists. If you give them too much of one thing, they'll they'll think you're being too expositional, and then they'll get upset with you. <laughs> but you see, Daniel interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dream out of nowhere, and you know, towards the end, you see, you know, you know, the king. Uh, the king answered, this is uh, Daniel 2.47, the king answered unto Daniel and said, 
Of a truth it is that your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and revealer of secrets, seeing thou shouldest reveal this secret. And then the king made Daniel a, a great man. He gave him a lot of power, second in command of everything, and hung a thing around his neck and gave him all that. So it sounds almost like, you know, Nebuchadnezzar is accepting God as God, but then the next thing you know, Nebuchadnezzar is eating grass because he's gone back to he is God. So it was an emotional thing. Daniel, through God and his power, has deciphered this dream of Nebuchadnezzar out of an air, basically, and now, you know, God is God, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and all that kind of thing. And then he flips and goes right back to being Nebuchadnezzar, murdering, killer, uh, whatever. You know, in the next chapter, he throws three Hebrew children into the fiery furnace, only to find out that God was there with them. So there we have it. We've talked about the thing that has been will be again, the repeating of things. Now it seemed, in the in the at least in our near distant past that it took quite a while for things to reappear again. It was almost like these things had to become uh, less thought of. Uh, we, we didn't we didn't bring to mind the things that we seemingly wiped out after they were gone. And that's got a lot to do with the way things happen in our present day. We have a 24-hour news cycle that can regurgitate things over and over again, and the things that they regurgitate become the new thing, and the old thing goes away, even though the old thing might be a week old. And then two months later, it pops back up again and comes right back full force. The thing that has been will be again. Uh, America is a, demo uh, is a constitutional republic. We call it, we say democracy, but it's a constitutional republic. We are not beholden to one man or one group of 536 plus the nine judges. We are governed by the document called our Constitution. That's your history lesson for today. Get that in you. You know, we can stand against these people when they go against our Constitution. It's not theirs to interpret completely, even though they'd like to let you know that. When they go against things in a constitutional manner, we have every right to go against them. Uh, Romans 13 gets used a lot in, in, a, in our common era uh, as, oh, well, the governor says so, the president says so, we got to do what he says. Not when it goes against God. When, when they say, oh, abortion's legal, that doesn't mean it's legal for me. Now, I'm a man, I can't have one, but you know what I mean. It's not like I can accept it and, you know, send people out with the blessings of God because man says it's okay and it's been passed as supposedly a law, which I've heard it is not. It was a judicial decree. Um, homosexual marriage, the same thing, a judicial decree. Uh, doesn't mean that, you know, you can fully engage in it as a Christian because the man says it's okay. When they come along and tell you that you need to stop having church services, 
Now, our church only did it for a few weeks, and we did it because, you know, it seemed like a correct thing to do under a uh, disease that was flying around that nobody really had a handle on. And, you know, our, our, our numbers were down a bit anyway. So we, we took a few weeks off. But there are some who were have been cracked down upon in certain states like California where they've come along and fined people. There's one Baptist guy in, in California nobody's ever heard of. It's not John MacArthur, although he is also one who they came down. They said they put him in prison if they have to, if he don't quit having church. There was another fellow that had a pretty big bus ministry and all the things that trappings of a typical Baptist fundamental church. And he was up to $115,000 in fines for having church services outside. In Kentucky, for people who went to church parking lot to listen to the sermon on their radio with their windows up because it was cold, they were fined like $5,000 each person for showing up. Ridiculous. That's a mayor. You got to do what the mayor says. Now, see, uh, we can backtrack 2,000 years and say, well, um, thank God that the apostles and the disciples and all the people who followed them and followed Christ didn't decide, well, the Romans have said we can't do this, and the Jews say that Jesus is this and that and the other thing, when they fully believed that Jesus was who he says he is, the Son of God. It's a good thing they didn't decide, well, you know, we really ought to quit doing this thing and walk away and go back to Judaism. Many people did. That's what Galatians was written, you know, to Paul wrote to the Galatians and said, those that turn back, I mean, you're in bad shape. But um, it's a good thing they didn't do it then. That is our standpoint. That is our, our, our stomp right there that says it's okay to go against the governor when he's wrong or she. And I'm glad that there are good Christian brothers out there who have stood up against their governors and said, no, we're having church no matter what. You can't stop us. Because that's, be, that's when they become authoritarian and totalitarian. And that brings us where we can swoop into the next piece, which is where Ecclesiastes one nine is a big deal. Like I was saying, and I said this as a preface and went into all that other stuff just for refreshing that we have a time like no other, I think. We are in a in a vortex. We're in a in a in a speeding bullet train towards the end times. We're in the end times already, but the capital T end times. Because what we're seeing now is uh things that happened uh not two hundred years ago or four hundred years ago coming back again. The things that are happening now are happening with rapidity, and they're happening the things that that we uh, seemingly abolished at one point, and now the ones who were uh, on the platform when we abolished it are bringing them back. In uh, in the uh, back when Reagan was president, I don't remember the year. I didn't write it down. It was it's not important. Uh, president Reagan said. Mr. Gorbachev, to tear down this wall. And they tore that wall down. The Iron Curtain fell, supposedly. 
and communism became something of a past thing. You know, the Russians started to have a little bit more uh, democratic government system, although if you look at it really close, you'll see that that was a fallacy. Uh, But none to that. Uh, What we see is uh, this thing's coming back again. You know, Europe for decades after World War One and I'm sorry, let's go to World War Two, when we divided up pieces of Europe, the Slavic nations all fell under the Iron Curtain, and you had East and West Germany uh, that were separated by that famous wall, and none should pass over and back. And that wall came down, and then we had all these different nations that. Uh, got away from the Russian thumb because Russia had kind of lost their their uh, grasp on things. They were totalitarian, authoritarian, uh, smash fist way of dealing and sending people to gulags and all that kind of thing. It was done away with, at least in the real close public eye. But then... What we have now, and I've got to—I only want to go to half an hour, so I got about five minutes, four minutes left here. We tore down the wall, and now we see the technocrats and their idiot minions in the elected and their elected positions are trying to raise it back up. They're trying to turn everything into 1960s and beyond Europe, where you had to have a uh, passport to go from this country to the next. And then he opened Europe up. Everybody could go wherever they wanted. They want to make it like that here in the United States where we can drive from Ohio to West Virginia, Pennsylvania, wherever we want to go, all the way to Florida or California and not have to worry about anything. You might have to pay a toll along the way, but you don't have to worry about showing your papers. Just recently... Cuomo, the governor of New York, wants to put a ban on people traveling out of Florida back to New York or from New York into Florida. How do you do that in a constitutional republic? They don't care about constitution. They don't care about republic. They don't care about anything. They care about the power that they have now. But think about that. There's people fleeing places like California and going to other places like Texas. Uh, when I lived in Colorado, a lot of people were coming there to get away from the high taxes. You know, the state of living in California wasn't that bad. It was just high taxes and high property rates. But now they can't stand. They're they're locked down. They can't they can't do anything without coming under a, a thumb of a, a totalitarian governor. And they want out. They want something better. They watch the news, too, and they see that places like Texas, in Texas there are places, and places like Florida are open, open for business, open to do what you wish. I think Tennessee still is as well. And people were going from New York to Tennessee as well. Now, they'll fit in in Tennessee like a a twelve a size 12 foot in a size 8 shoe, because of their New York attitudes and their New York accent, but you know, I guess they can 
buy a cowboy hat or, or, a, or a international harvester hat and fit in somehow. That's supposed to be funny, not supposed to be mean. Tony Blair over in Europe, who's not in power anymore, but he still has a voice, says he wants to see internal passports again, where you can't go from uh, England to France or France to Germany freely anymore. You have to have a passport. You have to have it stamped or whatever. You have to you know, prove that you, maybe they're going to get to the point where they have to prove that you've had your... Um, experimental, experimental antibody shot injection to fight off the coronavirus. This coronavirus, friends, is the thing. It's like the they say the the war to end all wars. Well, they're they're on it. But like I was saying before, what I want to touch on real quickly is what has been will be again. Used to be those things were hundreds of years apart or 50 or 60 years apart. Uh, as we grow closer and closer to the time of the end when Christ is going to return, I do believe things are speeding up and they're speeding up quickly. We're seeing communism become the norm in a lot of regards or totalitarianism. Uh, authoritarianism, where the government's going to take care of you, the government's going to make sure that you're okay, the governor is going to hold your hand and get you through all the tough spots. You know, they, they want they want it. And that was you know, 30 years ago that we did away with that stuff on a world stage. And then Slowly, it started to creep in, but now it's going to—it's going really quick. It's coming at us full force. We better be ready to stand up, because what freedom we have is being eroded, and what freedom we think we have is being taken away. Tom Richardson with the Removing Confusion podcast. Have a great day. <laughs>